Again, I want to welcome everyone to midweek service. My brothers and sisters from Brooklyn and Staten Island, it's great to see everyone. I hope uh, you had a great Thanksgiving with family and friends. I also want to start out by saying thank you to Prince. He's, our, he's now our new, you know, Wednesday night midweek service tech guy. Uh, thank you for serving. And um, we, we need more helpers. And so please, uh, if you want to help and can help, talk to Prince or Mike Facey, and um, we will put you to work. I'm very excited because the World Cup just started and uh, the US has advanced to the round of 16. Um, again, I want to encourage us to, don't just watch the game by yourself, you know, use it as, a, as an outreach time. You can go watch it with a friend or invite people over to your place and watch it and, and scream in front of the television together. It's always fun. It's an event that happens just once every four years. And so I always look forward to it and uh, just having a great time. You know, it started last week. You know, people often ask me, so, so who are you supporting? I'm supporting the United States. I'm supporting France. I'm supporting Brazil. And I'm supporting England. You know, I learned many, many years ago uh, not to put all my eggs in one basket. And so these days I have several teams that I support. And if any of them wins, I'm, I'm a happy person. And so uh, I'm very excited uh, that uh, the U.S. advanced um, uh, yesterday. It was a great game. By the way, the competition is coming to America and Mexico and Canada in the next four years, in 2026. Uh, most of the games are going to be played here in America, New Jersey, Dallas, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Houston, and other places. And so I'm looking forward to that, uh, being able to go watch a, a World Cup game live. It's on my bucket list. And so uh, I'm looking forward to being able to do that. We continue tonight in our series. Please unmute, please mute yourselves. Uh, we continue tonight in our series titled The Call to Follow Jesus. And I want to say also thank you to Darren. He did a tremendous job on Sunday talking about the call to holiness. Tonight, I want to talk to us about the call to deny yourself. The call to deny yourself. Brothers and sisters, this is where discipleship begins. The idea to deny self is foundational and fundamental to our walk with God. What I'm about to talk about tonight, and we all know, is not a very popular message in the times that you and I live in. In our world right now, the mindset is, you know what? Just do you. If it feels right to you, then do it. Do whatever makes you happy. You see preachers on TV, week in and week out, talking about, hey, just give to God and God will bless you. And all this prosperity nonsense. And nobody, very few people, very few ministers will get up and talk about the call to deny yourself, which were words spoken by Jesus himself. So I pray as we look at a few verses tonight that we will examine ourselves and ask ourselves if we are still following these directives given to us by Jesus. In Luke chapter 9, beginning in verse 22, he says, then he said to them, 
Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life would lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? This passage is very rich and also very challenging at the same time. I remember seeing this for the first time 37 years ago when I was studying the Bible back in Gainesville, Florida. And uh, I always thought I was a Christian. I always thought and I viewed myself as a disciple of Jesus because I believed in God. And uh, on Sundays, I would be at church. I thought myself a Christian. I went to church that most people did back then. And I thought I was a Christian. But I remember reading this passage and just being shocked and going, whoa, this is in the Bible? This is Jesus speaking? And I knew, even from this one passage, that according to the Bible, I knew that I had to make a decision to radically change the direction of my life and the direction that my life was headed. Jesus is making an appeal here to everyone that wanted to follow him. He says, whoever, whoever is everyone and anyone, there are no exceptions. Your age doesn't matter. Your gender doesn't matter. My race doesn't matter. My background doesn't matter. My country of origin doesn't matter. It says whoever. My education doesn't matter. My career doesn't matter. My marital status doesn't matter. It says whoever. It, it does not matter. It says whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Must means we don't have an out. Jesus is insisting on you and me denying ourselves every single day. Daily means every day. Not once a week. Not when I feel like it. Not a few times a month. Daily. He says every day and then follow me. We call ourselves disciples of Jesus and rightly so. And so my question to us tonight, as we continue, is whether we are still denying ourselves daily. Sarah and I just came back Monday night from visiting our daughters in Boston for, for Thanksgiving for a week. We were there for a week. And uh, before we left, you know, Sarah had said, you know, when we get to Boston, we're going to go do the shopping for, for Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, we're going to do the cooking and all that stuff because the girls were at work. I said, no problem. And so we get there Monday night, uh, Monday afternoon. And uh, on Tuesday afternoon, Sarah comes and goes, hey, we need to go do grocery shopping. I said, now? She says, yeah, right now. I said, are you kidding? I said, France is about to play Australia. There's a game coming on at 2 o'clock. She said, Richard? We need to go, and we need to go now. 
uh, you can always record the game. And I, I didn't say it out loud, but I'm thinking, you know, it's not the same thing, you know, watching the game live as opposed to knowing the score or whatever. But I denied myself. You know, I got myself ready and we left and we went to, we were going to Sam's Club and we were going to Walmart. And on the way going, I realized, man, Sam's Clubs and Walmart is half an hour away and we ran into traffic. And because they, again, the whole time I'm thinking, okay, maybe I can come back home and, and, and catch the, the second half or the late part of the game. You know, this stuff happens only, only four times a year. I'm just confessing my sins. I'm confessing my temptations. And so, um, so I asked my wife, I said, by the way, what are we getting at Sam's Club? She goes, we're going, we're going to get your apple pie. You know, you're, you get it from there every year. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not going to sit in this traffic just to go to Sam's Club. I said, here's Stop and Shop right here. And so we pulled into Stop and Shop, and that's where we did all the shopping. And I see all that to say, we didn't buy any desserts, none. And when, when we go Thanksgiving shopping, I mean, we go crazy about everything. And, you know, I, I go crazy about the desserts, but we didn't buy any desserts. Again, I was thinking to myself, you know what? I need to deny myself. Because I always gain weight, you know, those four days. And that's what I love about Thanksgiving. It's four days of eating. But I said, you know what? I'm going to deny myself. And so I had no dessert. It was awesome. I came back, got on the scale. I gained only one pound. I was so fired up. And I'm still very fired up. But I denied myself. If Sarah had allowed me, I would have been stuck in front of that television just watching that game. But I denied myself because I wanted to please my wife. Happy wife, happy life. Deny in the Greek is the word anomain. It means to reject. It means to disregard. It means to refuse. It means to decline yourself. Jesus is calling you and me to disregard ourselves, to reject ourselves, to refuse ourselves. Brothers and sisters, he's using this word deliberately. Notice he doesn't say try to deny yourself. This is not a suggestion for a careful consideration. You know, when you and I are driving on, you know, on the roads in New York and anywhere, you know, and you come to a red light. The red light means you stop. It means to stop. It doesn't mean try not to stop. Now, I know a lot of times we, 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 we use the yellow light. You know, when the yellow light comes on, we step on the gas. We're not meant to do that because you can get into a serious accident. The yellow light is supposed to slow down, get ready to stop. So Jesus is saying the same thing when he uses the word deny. He says, deny yourself, decline yourself, refuse yourself, disregard yourself. And he says, for you and I to do it daily. I don't know about you. This is challenging. This is very challenging to do on a daily basis. But that's what God calls us to. He says, deny yourself and carry your cross daily. You and I know that back then, if you were condemned to die, they made you carry the cross, part, the, the, the cross beam of the cross on your shoulders through the streets on your way to your death. And as you were making that walk, and those things were very heavy, by the way. People would taunt and throw things at you because you were literally carrying your own cross to your own death. 
it was not a fun way to die. The authorities made a spectacle of the criminals. And I say that because when Jesus said what he said in, in, in Luke 9, in, in verse 21, in Luke 9, he had just told them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. So they had just heard that, you know what? He's going to be crucified. He's going to die. And so he now turns around and says, you, know, you want to follow me? You need to deny yourself and carry your cross daily. That they needed to also die to themselves every single day. That was what he was communicating. In Luke chapter 14, in verse 25, beginning in verse 25, he says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even in their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Again, notice he uses the word hate in this passage deliberately. You see, in the Greek, the word for hate is miso. Miso. It means to detest. Now, obviously, Jesus is not telling us to detest our parents. He's not telling us to detest our children. He's not telling us to detest our brothers and sisters. When you read Matthew 10, and that's, that's why I put it up there, when you read Matthew 10 in verse 37, it does clearly say that whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves his wife and children more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves their brothers and sisters more than me is not worthy of me. In other words, we need to love him a whole lot more that compared to our love for our close family members, there's no close comparison. The gap is very huge. It's as if we hate them. The relational gap that we have between Jesus and our loved ones needs to be huge. That's the point he's making. And then he says, you do all that, and then you carry your cross, and then you follow me. That is, as a matter of fact, if you cannot do that, you cannot be my disciple. Brothers and sisters, you and I chose Jesus over our loved ones, over our mom and dad, over our wife and kids, over every, every other human relationship that we, we have. Let me continue. Verse 28, he says, suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule him saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. Or suppose the king is about to go to war against another king. Would he first sit down and consider whether he's able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he's not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus then talks about how we need to count the cost before deciding to follow him. Brothers and sisters, you and I know that the decision to follow Jesus is for life. It's not for a few years. It's not for a few, it's not for a few months. We're not going through a phase. And he wants us to really consider what we're about to get ourselves involved in. 
That's why I have so much respect for all of us that are listening tonight. Because you guys are still here. You, you're going through stuff in your life. I mean, Satan is throwing all kinds of stuff at you. But you're still here. Because you said one day, Jesus is Lord. Well done. Continue. Do not grow tired in, 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 in doing what is right. Do not grow weary in following your God. You have an incredible inheritance waiting for you. Well, you see, we got to be very careful that we do not have a back door. I became a Christian 36 years ago. And my mindset was, you know what? I'm going forward. I have no back door. Because if I had a back door, I have been through so much in this 36 years of following Christ that I would have been tempted to go through that back door. And so I still shut. And that's why a lot of times I pray, Father, if you know I'm going to turn my back on you, take my life before that happens. I'm not afraid to die. What is death anyhow? Like I've said to us so many times, it is simply the door that we all are all going to go through to get to our eternity. That's all it is. But you and I, this journey is for life. I remember there's a brother, he's slowed down now. Um, he's, uh, he's, not, he's not totally retired, but he has really slowed down. He's in his 70s. Tom Brown, wonderful, wonderful gentleman. He's been a, he's been a minister for, for decades. And uh, he's in his 70s right now. And uh, he just, uh, quote-unquote, is slowing down and stepped down from being, quote-unquote, the, the leader of the North River Church of Christ in Atlanta, Georgia. Wonderful, wonderful brother. Uh, when he was getting baptized many years ago in Gainesville, Florida, as a college student, he wore his best clothes and he had his wallet in his pocket. And he was baptized. And the brothers were like, you know, you, you, you can take your wallet. I said, no, I, I want to go down with everything. Because as far as he was concerned, he was surrendering everything to Jesus Christ. I wish I was there. He, he still tells that story. For him, it was surrendering everything. When you and I got converted, we surrendered everything. We gave up everything. Our careers, our future, everything. We turned it over to God. It now belongs to God now. And Jesus says, if we don't do that, we cannot be his disciple. It's not possible. We got to be careful that we don't, know, we, don't, we don't go back and start trying to take things back and say, you know what? Yeah, I know I surrendered that years ago, but I want to take this one back. I want to take this aspect back. You can't do that. I can't do that. In Mark chapter 9, Jesus says, if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it will be better for him if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they are thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell, where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. This is another challenging passage. What is Jesus saying here? The word stumble, again, in the Greek, is parapatima, parapatima. It means to fall. It means to sin. It means to err. If there is stuff in my life that causes me to fall, to sin, to err, Jesus commands me to get rid of it. 
Sin, brothers and sisters, cannot be something that we are toying with. Because sin will cause us and cost us our eternal standing with God. This is how Jesus says to deal with self. Cut it off. In other words, cut off and get rid of everything and anything that causes you to fall, that causes you to sin, that causes you to err. On Sunday, Darren talked about holiness and how without holiness, we will not see God. That scripture in Hebrew is, is, is very scary to me. I remember him asking us that if, if, if we plug the sound system into your playlist, would you be embarrassed? If we, if, if, if we sat behind you with a camera and we're watching what you're watching on television, would we be shocked? Better yet, would God be shocked? Brothers and sisters, we all get one life at this life. We can't play with sin. He says here, yeah, if anything causes you to stumble, cut it off. Get rid of it. Again, if, 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 if we could read your mind, what would we find? Better yet, what would God find? God sees it all. And so again, I'm saying to us tonight, if there is anything that's causing you to stumble, that's coming in the way of your walk with the Almighty, you need to get rid of it. You need to cut it off. My dear brother, Gordon Ferguson, will always say, never give your life for anything that death can take away. Never give your life for anything that death can take away. Brothers and sisters, there is no sin worth going to hell over. I just haven't found it yet. Living a holy and righteous life is about denying oneself the temporary pleasures that come from sin in this world. That's all it is. Jesus is our model for self-denial. Think about it. He denied himself positionally. He came into this world, emptied himself, and came to earth in the form of a human being. Remember, he left the glory of heaven and came down to this, to this earth and, and took up our form and became a human being. He denied himself relationally. He gave up the union with the Father and the Holy Spirit that he's always had. Remember, they are not created beings. So how long have they been around? Forever. But he gave up that position. He denied himself. Those relationships. He denied himself by coming to this earth. Again, throughout his life, throughout his ministry, people would say things, people would, you know, abuse him, and he never, he never retaliated. That's challenging. When, when somebody cuts me off on the, on, on, the, on, on, the, on the freeway, I want to retaliate. I want to drive up next to them and give them that look. But Jesus never did that. And so he's my model that I need to fashion my daily life after. He never gave in to sin. And yet we're told in Hebrews that he was tempted in every way just as we are. He also denied himself emotionally. You remember the Garden of Gethsemane? Where three times he kept on praying 
and, and cried out to God and he submitted his will to God. And so Jesus is not asking us to do something that he hasn't already done and modeled for us. He denied himself physically on the cross. Even as they were taunting him and telling him to come down from the cross, he was the son of God. You know, a few weeks ago, Rick preached about the, um, the call to love one another. He did part one of the lesson. And he and Mike Tracy did a phenomenal job. I remember waking up that Sunday morning and it was cold. And uh, that Sunday also we were meant to be going to, um, to Staten Island for their afternoon service. I'm telling you, I woke up that morning, the alarm went off and I was tempted to just stay home and watch on Zoom and then got myself ready and then go to the, uh, to the 2 p.m. service in Staten Island. And I said to myself, I need to get up because if I told Sarah, you know, Sarah, you know, I'm tired right now and uh, I'm just going to stay home. As my wife, you go to church, pick me back on your way, and then we'll go to Staten Island. My wife would have looked at me and said, what, what, what are you saying? You need, to get, you need to get out of bed. We'll go to church. I knew that was exactly what I was going to hear. So I didn't even, I didn't even bring it up. I got, I got myself out of bed and got ready, had a great night time, and we came to church. And then we left to go to Staten Island. But I was tempted that morning to just stay in bed and watch on Zoom. Jesus, what am I saying? Jesus is the poster child of self-denial. Jesus denied himself every day when he walked his earth. And he's not saying, we also need to now deny ourselves and follow him. So the question is, why does Jesus tell us to deny ourselves? In John 10.10, 10, a passage we're very familiar with, it says, the thief, that is Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Brothers and sisters, it is through self-denial that we will experience fullness of life. Remember, Jesus is the author of life. He wrote the book on how life is meant to be lived. He created us. We want love, we're gonna find it in Jesus. We want peace, we're gonna find it in Jesus. We are looking for joy, we're looking for contentment, we're looking for faith, we're looking for purpose, we're gonna find all these things in Jesus. We're looking for fulfilling relationships. We're going to find it in Jesus. If I'm going to experience all these things, my desires, my aspirations, your pleasures, your desires are not and must not be the standard by which we live. When my will conflicts with God's will, my will needs to surrender to his. My will needs to be rejected by me and I do what God says to do. Brothers and sisters, this is a daily fight. Jesus came to liberate us from the trap of self. That's what he came to do. The incredible focus on self in the last hundred years. In the early 1900s, is known as the age of effort. That's when World War II happened and the Great Depression and all, all that stuff. You know, people worked very hard. They didn't have any choice. Believe it or not, from the 1950s, basically up to now, you know, 
People believe now it's now it's now the age of the age of self-esteem, where it's not it's about now how do you feel, and that's why some people say you know you don't you don't you don't tell kids no, you're you're gonna damage their self-esteem. Where even in competition, you know everyone gets a trophy, not just first, second, and third anymore, because now you know you want everybody to feel nice and feel good about themselves. That's the age in which we live in. And Jesus tells us to do the exact opposite. Brothers and sisters, where is this pursuit of self going to lead? These are, very, these are some very scary passages in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, and Proverbs chapter 16, verse 25. It says the same thing. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. This is the wisest man that ever lived. This is Solomon speaking. Remember that God sees the beginning of our lives, he sees the middle, and he sees the end of it. The call to self, to deny self, is for our own good. Following self leads to an empty life. Yeah, you may get a few pleasures here and there. Yeah, you may look happy, but it's not going to end well. And then you forfeit your eternity. Following Jesus, on the other hand, and denying ourselves daily, leads to a full life. Leads to eternal life. Yes, we have it, an aspect of it right now. And that is knowing God and walking with him powerfully every day. And so I'm asking us tonight, what is our primary motivation for living as a Christian? For living as a, as a disciple of Jesus? Is it the fear of hell? Is it the fear that you know, you're afraid of going to hell? Is that why you're, you're a Christian? Is that why you're a disciple? Even that is about self. Because, quote-unquote, I don't want to go to hell. That's why I'm doing this. It's still about self. That cannot be the motivation. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15, it says, and he died, talking about Jesus, for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. This ought to be our motivation for dying to self daily. Because Jesus was crucified for me. Jesus was crucified for you. This is, not, this is not an easy thing to do on a daily basis. Because if it was easy, everybody would be doing this. It takes a lot of courage to say no to self, to say no to sin, and to reject sin, and to, and to, and to, and to not give in to our feelings. It takes a lot of courage to do that every day. And so, well done, child of God. Continue on that journey. Remember that feelings come and go. We're not meant to live life based on our feelings. Today is November 30th. Today is payday. What if your boss said to you when you walked into your job this morning, I don't feel like paying you today. I don't think you're just going to walk and say, okay, that's fine, no problem. That's not sweat off my back. That's not going to be your response. I can guarantee you that. Your company has an obligation to pay you for services rendered. It's got nothing to do with how we feel. You and I need to deny ourselves. You and I need to continue to live this life because of what Jesus did for us. 
Darren mentioned that passage even on Sunday. I have been crucified with Christ, and Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. Remember that we all said Jesus is Lord. That is why we deny ourselves daily as we face different aspects of our lives. Brothers and sisters, the formula for dying to self is not complicated. God first. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, and Matthew 6, 33. These are just references. You can cross-reference all this in your own personal Bible study. Or the second. Philippians 2, verses 3 to 4. This is how we deny ourselves every day. We put God first. Then we put others second. And then guess what happens to you and me? We're last. Luke 22 verse 26. This is the formula that we all need to live by every single day. And it's awesome. I understand and I know that tonight's lesson is not easy. Jesus never said it was going to be easy. And that's why he gave us his Holy Spirit that allows us to live this life. He gave us the Holy Spirit that allows us to deny ourselves. He gives us the Holy Spirit that allows us to say no to sin and to obey God instead. And it's a wonderful life. It really is. It's a glorious life. And so I'm appealing to us to stay on the straight and narrow path and to continue to deny ourselves daily. Because one day, we get to leave this messed up world behind. And we get to spend eternity with God and our loved ones, where there will be no sin, no devil. I mean, it is just going to be incredible. And so, brothers and sisters, I hope this lesson has been helpful. I encourage you to go back and study it out and look at cross-reference these passages and uh, continue to put one foot in front of the next every day as you continue to serve your God. And Satan is not going to make it easy. He hasn't made it easy so far. He will continue to come at you. He will continue to come at me. But with God's help, we're going to continue to deny ourselves daily as God calls us to. In December, uh, both uh, Staten Island and um, Brooklyn, we're going to be having a Christmas program on uh, December 18th. And so let's be start inviting our friends. That's going to be just in a few weeks. I'm looking forward to it. And then on December 25th, for, for those of us in Brooklyn, we're going to have an in-person Christmas service. Uh, Christmas falls on, on Sunday this year. And so we're going to have church. Um, we'll be at 88 Hanson Place. And uh, I understand that our brothers and sisters in Staten Island they're going to be meeting in house churches on Christmas Day. And I'm sure you guys are going to have a wonderful time also. Um, I also want to put up uh, some dates up here for January. Uh, Happy New Year 2023, January 1st. Uh, we're going to have services by Bible Talk via Zoom. Um, and I know that our, some of our singles are going to be at the singles New Year's Day um, service up at the Sanester. Um, I believe I forget the time. Um, and so I'm not going to be going. I'm not a single. I'm married. Amen. And so uh, I know a lot of our singles are going to be going for that service. But the rest of us, uh, we're going to be meeting via Bible Talk uh, via Zoom on New Year's Day. And then January 4th, we're going to will be our first midweek Zoom all back together, Staten Island and Brooklyn. I'm looking forward to that. And then our first Sunday service back in person will be January 8th uh, here in Brooklyn at 88 Hanson Place and at 2 p.m. 
in Staten Island at the Jewish synagogue. And then I'm happy to announce that January 11th, we're gonna be having a financial Zoom workshop to be conducted by our, our CFO, uh, our brother Bobby Reader, uh, is gonna be joining us for our Zoom that week, uh, January 11th, both Brooklyn and Staten Island for a Zoom financial workshop. And then I am very, very excited about um, the five-week series that we're gonna start for midweek, uh, January 18th. Uh, so go ahead and start, mark your calendars and start inviting your friends. Uh, it's going to be tremendous because um, our brother Gordon Ferguson is gonna be doing for us a five lesson midweek series on the book of Revelation. Gordon Ferguson is one of my favorite preachers in our fellowship. I got three favorite preachers that I can listen to all day. Gordon is one of them. Sam Paul is also one of them. And Mike Tolliver is the other one. And uh, he agreed to, to come and uh, do this series for us. I am so, so thankful. And so um, I want to encourage you to go ahead and read the book of Revelation between now and you know, January 18th. Just, just read it. And if you have the time, I also encourage you to read the book of Ezekiel in the Old Testament. Because believe it or not, most of the imagery in the book of Revelation is from the book of Ezekiel. But, uh, you know, so happy reading over the next several weeks. But Gordon is going to be coming and joining us for five weeks um, in January, starting January 18th, and teaching us the book of Revelation. So I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to put together a flyer, and uh, we'll get that out as, 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 as soon as we, we get it. And so uh, we, we're going to come out in the New Year swinging. Uh, as we go deeper into this book, uh, I heard him teach it decades ago. And I wrote down everything. And I went back to Nairobi, taught it. And I went to Lagos, taught it. And, um, and so I said, you know what? I can't find my notes. You know, let me call him up and see if he'll come do this for us. And he graciously said, yes, I am so grateful. And so I'm looking forward to, to Gordon Ferguson teaching us the book of Revelation starting January 18th. So right now I'm going to ask... Um, our sister, our new mom, Keisha Wilson, please unmute yourself, lead us in a closing prayer. And after that, our Prince is going to put us in our breakout rooms. Let us have a tremendous time of fellowship. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you all.